Welcome to Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name is Tim. My name is John. And my name is Scott. Thank you for joining us on our weekly tour through cigars, whiskeys, and solving the world's problems. What are we smoking today, John? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm actually going to pass this over to my friend Scott, who actually brought these cigars. So, Scott, what'd you get? Why'd you get them? Uh, what are you thinking week, so far? This week we are smoking an Arturo Fuentes. It is a Connecticut... Wrapper? Yeah, Connecticut wrapper. So it's a real light wrapper. It's not the lightest one they have, but it is on their lighter end. I'm not so sure about Arturo Fuentes. I just don't know a lot about them. I tried this out a couple of weeks ago, and I really liked it, so uh, I thought I'd give it a shot again for uh, the podcast here tonight. You'd say these are probably, what, 40 gauge? No, it's no 40. No, these were 50s. Yeah, yeah, are these are uh, 50s. These are 50s. Okay. Yeah, the ones that we smoked three weeks ago were 40, and those are a lot smaller. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone who wants to try and identify the cigars, uh, they are the one that has a green satin foot. Uh, before you light the cigar for Aero Fuente. There's, a, there's no discernible name on the individual wrapper itself. Uh, so far, the initial take on this, though, like, they're a little peppery, but, like, it's a pretty even, uh, pretty even taste to it, though, uh, just generally. Uh, yeah, they're, they're on the mild end of things. They're, they're not a mid or a full body cigar. And tonight, I am drinking a Hocker Shore Oktoberfest. Uh, Hocker Shore is a German beer company. It's one of the oldest, if not the oldest, beer companies in the world. They've been around for over 600 years. I did not know that. Yes, uh, they were they were around before the the European water uh, clarity laws or whatever it was called. So Hawker Shore doesn't follow those laws. Uh, they were around before that, but they still do follow the rules. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not like a grandfather situation. No, no, no. There's no. just an identifier of how old they are. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't, that sh- doesn't that shit sw- swimming around in your beer? No, no, no. I'm, well, I mean, if I was drinking a Weiss, yeah. I mean, that would be, you know, a wheat beer. There's probably some stuff in there, but uh, it's not swimming around. <laughs> Tim, so what are you guys drinking tonight? It's Woodford Reserve. They are made with a two-still process, a pot still and a column still. They mix the two. They're one of the longest-running distilleries in the nation. They haven't been in continuous operation. They've been doing it, I think, 1806, I believe I said. I'm really looking forward to see how the the Arturo Fuente and the, the Woodford uh, blend together here. As am I. Uh, one of the really interesting and unique things about the Aero Fuente cigars is um, usually they are very consistent. Um, they're all, they always have a good wrap, always have a good burn, always come out with plenty of smoke, um, and usually it's just a really good flavor all around. So I, I'm I'm interested to see if the flavor profile of this changes a whole lot. I'm really not expecting it to because that's really what not something that Aero Fuente typically does, uh, but they're very very good cigars. And yeah. I actually have a follow-up question there because I heard you say it twice now. Is it Aero or is it Arturo? It's I, probably Arturo. Again, my, I, my Spanish no, is horrible. I wasn't sure if I was wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a Dominican blend, so it's definitely Spanish. So it is Arturo Fuente. Thank you for correcting me. I no, it's not that. a problem. I just I, I wanted to make sure that one of us was right and we continued on. <laughs> Hopefully one of us is right. If, if we're wrong, please <laughs> comment. Both of us fucked us it up. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I, when I had one of these the other week... Uh, you could, you could tell it was a very consistent, you know, smoke throughout the entire thing. The, there wasn't a whole lot of flavor change. It was solid flavors. It wasn't overy, pep, overy, overy, over peppery. It burned nice and even. It was enjoyable. Yeah, like, especially uh, for a beginner. 
like John said, these are Arturo Fuente does a great job at consistency. Their quality controls, whatever they're doing there is working for them. These are always very, very solid burns and ashes. Uh, it's always a very consistent profile. They don't ever feel like they're like, you have one and then you have the same cigar later and it tastes completely different. They're just, they're very, very consistent company and it's, it's fantastic. So, uh, Scott, as you're smoking this cigar, and this is probably your second or third time that you've had this particular cigar, um, you able to pull out any flavors that uh, you're recognizing? Initially, there's, there's, like I said, a little bit of peppery. Um, I think I'm getting a little bit of nut there. I'm not great at pulling out the different flavor profiles here, but... Uh, and that's something that'll come with experience. It's also why I wanted you to go first. So that uh, if you pull anything, you're pulling it for, for yourself, whereas... If Tim or I say something, you don't go looking for that. It's like, oh, yeah. Sure, sure. I, so far, that's about all I'm pulling out. Yeah, I would say that those are probably the most powerful tastes at this moment. Absolutely. It's peppery. It's a little nutty. I think I'm already catching a slight hint of leather on the back end. It's one of those, like, it's there and then it's gone kind of flavors, right? So it might show up a little bit more later. Or I could be mistaking it for something else. No, I, I would agree that there is a... Uh... Definitely distinct taste of pepper, but it's not overpowering, which is very impressive for a with a peppery cigar. Um, it is nutty, uh, and there is something that is kind of smoothing out the flavor profile at, at the very end and, and the back end taste. So you don't you don't you get hit with the pepper right away in the front. I, I would say like the the initial draw, but as you pull yeah. back, it's a nice smooth smoke. So I'm I'm interested to see if that continues on. Yeah, it's not a real hot smoke, being a, a larger gauge. It's not a real hot smoke, so it's not coming in overpowering even, which is nice. I wanted to get an initial take on our whiskey that we have, our Woodford Reserve. Uh, and this is something that we've had before. Uh, it maintains, it's a it's a lighter profile. Uh, it's kind of floral, like woodsy kind of lighter notes. Uh, it's not real oaky. It's not smoky. It's a very easy drink. It is incredibly smooth. It goes down very very well the smoke with the whiskey i think is pretty decent right now with the higher notes probably of the whiskey uh blending the the pepper really mutes it so yeah, like the, f- the pepper disappeared yeah like the, the leather aftertaste came on mm-hmm. really really strong this is a great pairing it's phenomenal scott you are missing out, and I am not <laughs> sharing my whiskey. You're just missing out. I get that. <laughs> and that's fine with me. Uh, what about you? Uh, you know, you, you've got a beer over there. What happens when you, uh, uh, you know, what's uh, what's your take on the uh, on the beer? You've given us a bit of a background. What's, uh... I'm not really sure how to describe the Hawker Shore uh, Oktoberfest. It is a amber because it is an Oktoberfest, which is typically, you know, a little darker. Okay. It's not overpowering at all. Uh, I know some Oktoberfest beers can get real powerful when it comes to their flavors. Yeah, I've only had like one or two, and they're really tough for me to drink. It's can get a little caramely. Yep, yep. This one's not overpowering at all. It it's more harsh than you know, say their their Weiss, which is so creamy and delicious. I really enjoy. I I, I don't know that I'd be able to drink more than one, but I really like their Weiss. As far as any kind of pairing or anything goes, neither one brings out anything in the other one. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Beer's not beer's not a strong enough flavor profile, I think, to really impact another food's flavor profile. Or 
uh, smoking. I guess I shouldn't say food because you can't pair beer, beer with. It's not going to amplify, but sometimes a beer could pair well. But it's not going to bring out additional flavors out of a food. I have to say, I really, really like this pairing. I mean, it can. If you don't like pepper in your cigar, this is. Yeah, the Woodford. Mwah. The Woodford makes that go away. Yes, and it just leaves the rest. And because it's not fighting with the pepper, the pairing with the Woodford is really nice because the Woodford kind of gets rid of the pepper. And because the other flavors don't have to fight with the pepper anymore, they stand out a little bit more. And it it's really enjoyable. Like, mm-hmm. the, these two go together really well. Oh, absolutely. It's great. Um, so, Scott, since you're a beer expert and we're at the uh, end of September, what's your favorite Oktoberfest? I can't answer that. I haven't had in fact that might actually be my first Oktoberfest beer. No. Yeah. Really? Yep, yep. You've never compared it with like Landing Kugels or <sighs> Sam Adams? No. Or... I I, wow. I think back when I was, you know, my early twenties, like twenty one, twenty two, I might have had one or two Oktoberfests, but I was so young and naive back then that, you know You're drinking I, to drink. I'm yeah. drinking to drink, exactly, not to enjoy the beer. So as as you would know, the Browns got their first win this week. So the coolers are open. So the coolers indeed open. Uh, For those of you who are unaware, we all picked uh, teams that were going to perform uh, the worst in the NFL. I picked the Browns, I believe. Scott, you picked the Bills. I did pick the Bills. And Tim, you picked the Raiders. Yep. So as it stands right now, the Browns got their first win, so they're 1-1? They are indeed 1-1-1. And unfortunately today... The Bills got a dominating victory over the, uh, the Vikings. Vikings. It was supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFC. And they what destro- the, the Bills destroyed them. Wow. I don't know what happened there. They just fell apart. For Tim, his Raiders have remained winless this season. 0-3, baby! So he is sitting at 0-3. I am sitting at 1-2. and And John, you are sitting at 1-1-1. One, one, one. That's right. It's a, it's a tight race right now, so it is, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah, you're behind him. You're only a game and a half out. Yeah. And you guys play each other next week, so that could flop real quick. Yeah, and I believe that's going to be a tie. If, if there was a tie, that would be a tiebreaker, correct? That sounds about right to me. Points. I, we, I, we've I, never really figured out how we're going to set No, no. I mean, I guess when it comes to it, we can decide it, but... Yeah, like, I doubt we'll have to. I imagine it'll probably be... Uh, we'll do match tiebreakers. Okay. If we played each other, I don't like the idea of going to points because holy fuck is that tedious. But yes, if we have to, then you know we'll figure something out. But yeah. I doubt it's even going to come up. Honestly, no. I my only concern is you have the tie with the Browns, and ties just suck in general. They they like to screw everything up. Oh, that would really throw in for a loop if you guys tied next week. Ooh, yeah. As I was getting at, uh, with that, you know, these coolers have opened up and. There was free beer that was just being handed out at bars and at the stadium for anyone who was of drinking legal drinking age. The police. So if they were born before the Browns had their last victory. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I kid. It was only two years. Uh, uh, three three hundred. No, six hundred and thirty-five days. Yeah. Between their victories. But to be fair, I said they were good three victories this year. I did say that. So one um, down, two to go. But the police had sent out a tweet. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. And I thought I thought it was pretty funny and, and pretty noteworthy. All right, so here's the tweet by the Cleveland police. We won! Wait! Oh, God! 
the free beer thing. Okay, Cleveland, stay calm. Go Browns! Alright, at least they recognized it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we won! Shit, there's gonna be a ton of drunk people on our streets, and it was a giant party the moment that clock hit zero. Well, it almost seemed like there was a giant party as soon as their quarterback went down. It was like, alright, we're finally gonna get our number one draft pick out there. Yes. And to be fair, Mayfield killed it. He was extremely accurate. He wasn't de- decisive. And those throws that he was, I mean, he was threading the needle on some of them. Like, that, uh, Fuck, go back on the bench. When he came ear. in, the stadium was quiet. Like, you could have heard a pin drop in there. It was so quiet. The only noise that was out there was of the players hitting each other. And then when he came in, Baker Mayfield, that stadium lit up. Oh yeah, they want. Well, they they, they were chanting his name. Was going to be. Yep, they chanted. They they've were been, chanting been his name. They've been at their picks in the past. You know, this one had to be stellar. And uh, he, you're right. He did. He totally lit it up, and he came out there. He made very good decision making. What was it? Fourteen? Was he down fourteen points or seventeen points when he came in? I thought it was down twenty points. But either way, he came back from a large deficit, and he was able to rally his team behind him. Uh, his offense got on on his wagon, and just anything that he told them, they did. But again, to be fair, the Jets' third game in 11 get, in eleven days. So I'm still feeling pretty secure with my pick with the Browns. All right. I mean, and, and to be I don't fair, think any of us are really to be too fair, upset about our pick so far. It's a home game on Thursday night. You better win your home game on Thursday night football. I mean, they need to get rid of Thursday night football, period, just for safety concerns, but that's another... That's a whole topic other topic right day. there. Did you guys hear about uh, Tiger Woods? How's he doing? He's, there's a tournament going on, I think. Well, there was. Players he, Championship? He won the uh, 2018 no. uh, Tour Championship. He actually won something. For the is his first victory in five years. No, the, it's a tournament. Great, but it's not a major, correct? No idea. Okay. I don't have any like weird news this week. Like, I'm sure weird shit has happened, but like I can't. You know, There's no no new Elon Musk tragedy going on or anything. Uh, the biggest news that I have is the, uh, the Dow Jones is finally turning a profit this year for the first time for 2018. So it has bounced back from the correction. Uh, the S&P has bounced back from that a while back, but the, uh, for all you stock lovers out there, the, uh, Dow Jones is turning a profit. So hopefully the stock market will continue to go on an upward trend. Now, is that the first time this year or is that the first time since the downturn? Uh, for, it is, since the Dow turned, it is the first time that the Dow industrial average is actually making a profit for the year. So from January 1st through today, you've actually made a profit. You haven't lost money. Uh, Back from the correction, which started in February. Insomniac Games announced, the, the creators of Spider-Man, that eventually they will be adding a new game plus mode. So when they made this announcement, Everyone was going crazy. He's like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is great. It's going to be out in the next patch. And it it wasn't. So that upset <laughs> some people. Yeah. Which shocked me that it would be coming out so soon because God of War, which was another great single-player game, it was like three or four months before they announced the New Game Plus mode. And it, it's relatively new. I mean... The idea that this New Game Plus mode would be out two weeks after the game was released... I think that we were setting the bar a little high for that. To be fair, PlayStation uh, owners are also the same people that bitched about their update because they updated to a new major patch. 6.0. Yep. And it had nothing. And and there's a bunch of people bitching that they made it more stable. Well, like, shut up. Well, 
PlayStation has kind of hinted at the fact that you might be able to change your gamer tag. So, again, people started making the assumption, okay, it's 6.0, it's finally going to come, it's finally going to come, we've been waiting for this since the PlayStation 3, and it hasn't happened. Yeah, and so. I mean, like, that, you got an update that made the system better. Why are we bitching about the, the, the patch number? Like, stop it, just fucking quit, please. Because we can't change our names, and for some people who were very immature when they first created their accounts... That's a really big deal for some people. Personally, uh, I'm very happy with my gamer tag, and I wouldn't change it. But there are a lot of people out there who want to change it. That's and like I do understand that, right? And the fact that it still hasn't shown up is a goofy thing, right? It feels weird to bitch about patch numbers um, and security updates. It, well, it wasn't even security; it was stability, so that they oh. crash less. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> But if it was five point nine point. Oh, one, no one would have cared, but because it was 6.0 and there were no major visual changes that people could see, they got all up in arms about it. Although Sony did finally change the way that you can search now for the PlayStation Store. So you can actually use a keyboard to actually look, look and type with your controller instead of just doing, uh, rotation starting from A through Z in a vertical line. So yeah. they, they finally got rid of that. So thank you, Sony. That's pretty much all the, uh, the gaming news that I have. So, I do have one more bit of gaming news. Okay. Did you hear about Telltale Games? Negative Ghost Rider. I remember seeing something about them, but I did not click on the article. So, these are the creators of the, uh, the Telltale, uh, gaming series, the, like, the graphic novels turned into video games. Yeah, The Walking Dead is probably their most famous. Uh, they They've tried doing Batman. Batman. Yep. Borderlands was really good. They found out that releasing episodic content every fucking other year, uh, wasn't a viable business model and they've shut down. That's really sad because they had a loyal following of people that would follow their games. That that really surprises me because it was working. If the story was good, people would buy it. I mean, it but wasn't apparently working. not. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just it. Like it wasn't working enough. I mean, I really liked the Borderlands one. I really liked uh, Batman season one. I haven't played the second one at all. Is it uh, just because sure they can get it really cheaply now? Is it just because they didn't release content? I, I mean, I'm making Often my own, enough? I'm making my own speculation that it was because they put a lot of effort into very infrequent releases and releases that weren't big AAA pay me $80 for a copy releases. All right. Yeah. I, like, that's, that's what I'm thinking it is. Trophy hunters everywhere are crying because those are some of the easiest platinums. Personally, I thought they get. were the most boring games ever fucking released. It depends if you were if you wanted a story or if you actually wanted to control the action and do something. So it depended on what you were looking for in the game. But that, that it is too bad about Telltale because I've always thought that they had good storytelling and I enjoyed it for the story. It was never for the gameplay. It was never for the mechanics. Uh, so getting back to the cigars, uh, I have noticed over halfway now that the pepper has completely died out. I was going to ask you about that because I've really stopped tasting the pepper once I really started getting into my whiskey as well. So uh, It didn't go away right away, and so maybe the whiskey just helped cover up the pepper for you. Sure. But now that I'm about halfway through, the pepper's completely died out. I'm just getting a nutty, maybe a little like woody taste, uh, but that's that's about it. It's That's about all I'm getting at this point. <laughs> yeah. But the pepper has died, and... That is nice, because I've said it before, I'm not a huge pepper fan. Oh, see, I, I love pepper. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm, I'm pretty with you. Uh, I do have the, the whiskey to kind of back me up on that. Uh, it really, 
mask the pepper, but even now I'm getting a, like the leather is pretty obvious now. It kind of just, it's one of the more prominent features at this point. Uh, that's really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, the nuttiness for me has, has gone away, but a little bit of woodsy, little wood, wood and leather, which yeah. is. Yeah, I think it, Scott, it's Scott mellowed would. out a lot in general. Like yeah. a, lot, a lot of the flavors have kind of just disappeared because because the nutty has even died down some. I, w- I would say it's it's the more woody flavors that I'm tasting at this point. Yeah, I think Scott nailed that one right on the fucking head. Actually, nice. Well done. Well done. Give myself a little pat on the back here. Yeah, and the whiskey itself uh, hasn't really developed at all, no. uh, even with the change in the cigar. The Woodford remains light, uh, and it's. It's honestly probably because it's such a light whiskey that any of the darker flavors don't have anywhere to go because they don't exist. Yeah. So, like, the the Woodford doesn't really alter its profile uh, during the smoke at all. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, it means it's a very consistent smoke or a very consistent drink with your smoke. So if you like Woodford, you don't have to worry about Woodford tasting different as you get further into your cigar. I know you said it. Uh, the Woodford is a very floral whiskey when you first start are you still getting a lot of those floral flavors and tastes it's more green i think is like the word i want to use here uh not necessarily not necessarily flowery it's like stemmy and that's such a weird distinction to make and that's a weird word to use but it's it almost is kind of like the smell of if you burn fresh wood that hasn't dried out and you get that that smoke uh, yeah, you smell. get that real white smoke, and then it's yeah, I, I could. yeah, it's 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 similar to that kind of taste. Um, not exactly, but I think that's the closest thing that I could uh, relate that our audience could easily identify. So, Tim, yeah, a few weeks ago you mentioned that you picked up The Witcher Three. How's that treating you? It's pretty fucking good. Um, I actually, <laughs> so so you agree with about pretty much everyone else on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. I'm, Shocking. I'm, 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 really, just, I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't want to hate on it. That's because so, he hates on everything that people like. I, right, and everyone liked The Witcher 3. I mean, you guys are jumping to the gun. I've got some complaints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but you said you really liked it. Here we go. I, I do overall enjoy it. That so, Gwent game, it sucks. It's too complicated for me. Uh, it's actually the opposite. Uh, <laughs> Gwent might actually just be the dumbest card game I've ever played. <laughs> Um, yes, but it's one of the best. Uh, because one, everybody has fucking Scorch. And that is the most frustrating shit on the planet to deal with. <laughs> and I didn't get it until I was fucking level 20 already. Like, I had beaten the Baron and I was all like, like, I'm in Skellige and I got it just before Skellige. <laughs> like, I couldn't fucking find a Scorch to save my life. But, uh, outside of that kind of frustration, uh, I don't play with any special cards outside of de- uh, Decoy. All right. That uh, might be a problem. N- nope. The the game is really simple because literally all you have to do is play the bigger numbers. So my my whole deck is two or three of the play on your opponent's side yep. and draw two, right? Yeah. One of the nurse cards that like brings a card back from your graveyard. Okay. And then eights, nines, and tens. So you don't play anything with horns. I don't know what that means. Uh, the horn will double everything in your row. Oh, uh, no. I play the the pair, a couple of the pairing cards, where okay. if you play an ally or whatever, yep, and it they'll double each other. Okay, uh, I play some of those because those are good. My whole tactic is I will almost purposely lose the first round and play two or three of those draw two cards. Yep, and then I go into the next two because I also play the northern the blue cards, so I draw when I win. Sure, 
Uh, so I lose the first one, and they're already four cards down at that point. Yep. And then I step into the next round, and I drop the biggest, fattest shit I can, and they'll pass, thinking that, like, maybe they've got a chance in the next one because I played my bombs now. Sure. And then I play my nurse and three decoys and bring them all back, and it's game over every fucking time. All right. Uh, I don't play any special cards because I don't. you don't need to at that point because I'm running a fucking seven-card advantage. And if you get to play 17 cards when they get to play 10, you've won the game. Well, you should, at least. <laughs> yeah. You really should. It, it did take a while to In get In almost it. any game, if you have that many card advantage, you should just win. It sounds like you just need to run up against someone who will actually just play some weather cards against you. Uh, nope. I play the king that wipes them. Yeah, but you can only wipe it once. That's all you need. Because mm. you, you just don't do it until the very last card. Like, you just let the weather sit there. Until they either pass or they have one card left and you just gamble on it. Yeah. The, the game's just really fucking easy. It starts off easy and it gets a little bit more complicated, especially if you start going to the tournaments. Yeah, I think I might experience problems, like, because I am still really early in the game. Yeah. So it's possible that I find more complicated decks that deal with my kind of shenanigans. You will. You absolutely um, will. But I don't want to ruin it for you. I understand. The other major complaint I have is Roach. I fucking hate that horse. Because... I've played Red Dead Redemption, and Red Dead Redemption gets the horse call mechanic perfect. Because, <laughs> yeah, Roach, because Roach gets stuck. In, in Roach Red... doesn't know where he's going. He's, he is definitely not the Batmobile in Arkham Knight, that's for sure. In Red Dead, when you call your horse, if you're running, it ends up running beside you, and you can mount it without fucking taking a break. You're running in the direction you need to run, you mount, and you're now just going faster. Whereas Roach, he shows up somewhere in your radar anywhere or some random fucking place in your radar they don't like predictively drop him or anything just call him again uh well yeah you outrun him and then you call him again and hope he shows up right i've gotten to the point where if it's under 200 feet i don't even fucking waste my time anymore (laughs) because he's so god and like you said like he'll spawn in a fucking hill that he can't get down from why roach how did you even get up there what are you doing all right so you don't like roach How's the rest of the game treating you? How are those question marks coming along? Whoo! This world is fucking huge. I love this place. And I love that they will just fucking throw you into the fucking fire. There's no real guidance on where to go. You can kind of just wander wherever you want. It's like a real open world. There are things, there are certain places that you shouldn't go. I found a question mark and I was like, I was like fucking level eight at the time. And maybe even six or lower, right? And I'm wandering down one of the roads, and I'm doing my own thing. I'm riding roach, just kind of traveling the countryside. Oh, there's a question mark. Wandering, level 23 ghouls. <gasps> uh, and, like, ghouls are not a hard enemy. But uh, if you get surrounded, when they're, you're fucked. Yeah, when, and when, you know, they're 17 levels above you. Uh, I was over by you the one day when something like that happened. All of a sudden, you wandered in someplace. You're like, oh, I should not be here. And you had to take off running, and you kept running and running. And yeah. they kept following, and you're just like, I could actually just be fucked here. Yeah, yeah. I was genuinely... There's a few times where I've been genuinely worried. I'm also really bad at using oils. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you need to get good at that. I'm I'm starting to like force myself into the habit. I see an enemy, and I'm just like, bestiary, what oil... What sign? Yeah, the especially when you get to the harder difficulties, it is all. It's not necessarily about how you perform when you are actually fighting your enemy. It's the prep work that you do ahead of time to make yourself prepared for it. Yep. Yeah. Which is great because that's how life is actually like. It's like, how do I tackle this job? You prepare for it. Here's a problem. Attack it. You know. It's and right now I'm doing a uh, a cat build, so it's just quick attacks and light armor. 
Okay. Yeah, School um, of Cat. Yeah, School of the Cat. That's it. I found their gear. I made it. I'm a little frustrated about that, right? Because like, are you I, underleveled for it yet? I did. I did a bunch of the like quest things where it's like, hey, find the the cat gear, yep. find the the Griffin gear, whatever, right? And I was like, I want to do a, a quick build, right? I want to do a quick melee kind of build. Nope. Uh, and so I went and found the cat shit, and I found it. And the first tier is twenty or is seventeen. Yep. And I found it at level ten. Yeah. And I'm like, oh well, shit. So I level up, grind up, and I get it. And then I'm like, well, let's go get the enhanced version. And I go get it. 15? It's level 23. Yeah. And I'm just, well, damn it. <laughs> this, uh, and I actually went and did the uh, quest to get the master armor. Ooh. Okay. Uh, for That's... the, in the Baron area. And I was a little underleveled for that, uh, cause the cave troll's like level 26 and I'm 17 or 18. Yeah. I was going to say, if you go anything past five or six levels, you're um, generally going to have a very hard time in that game. Luckily, the troll was super fucking easy with this build. Okay. Uh, because the troll staggers really quick. Sure. And I'm a quick melee attacker. I only use quick attack. It would go to swing, and I would beat it to the punch, and it would stagger immediately. And then yep. it would go into defensive posture, and it would go to swing after that, and I would beat it to the punch, and it would stagger immediately. So how far are you with? Are you within the uh, general story of it? Because I, I don't want to spoil anything, but when um, there are consequences for your actions. Yeah, I and, believe that, and, uh, and it's heartbreaking sometimes. Um, so I've seen Triss off. She left the town. Okay. Uh, with all the mages. Yep. I have done, in the Siri hunt, I've just now made it to Skellige to start that portion of her search. Okay. Yeah, and Skellige is like, all right, it's hard. It is a lot harder than the rest of the, the, rest of the land. I noticed that immediately, because you get in and you crash, and all of a sudden there's a shit ton of enemies. Yeah. And there's a monster nest, right? It's like old school, okay, this is the ice level. It's like, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there are monsters, like... In the Velen, I think, is this the starting area? Yeah. And there, there are enemies fairly regularly, but they're never on, like, the roads or anything. And here I am wandering around in Skellige, and yeah. there are just sirens everywhere. Oh, yeah. Fucking everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Skellige is like if you want to travel the roads, it's like if you just want to run through the woods whenever you want, all willy-nilly. Yeah. You all right over there, my dude? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm getting toward the end here, and I started to tunnel there a little bit after I, uh... After I ashed, uh, but now that I got it even back out, the flavor's back. My flavor had died out immediately. Yeah, when you tunnel, you miss out on a lot. Yeah, and it's always better to just, if you realize you're making a mistake with your, your cigar, just correct it right away, because odds are you're just going to waste time and you're not going to enjoy the experience. Which uh, is and like that's the nice part, is I did notice it right away. I noticed I, it got really hot really quick on, on the inhale. Or not inhale, but the, uh, on the drag. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's something, like, like John stated, you know, you notice it, fix it, you know, you're here to enjoy it, and most of your flavor comes from the wrapper, so tunneling makes a huge impact on, on the flavors you're, you're not getting anymore. I mean, I wasn't getting a whole lot of flavors. Like I said, a lot of the flavors had died out. They're just not as pronounced the second half of the cigar. The peppers have died down. I, I, the pepper seems to have come back just a little bit at the end. Yep, it does. It it, it absolutely does. I, I'm on maybe my last inch or so of, of cigar because I'm smoking a lot faster than you guys are. Um, but yeah, the, the pepper does come back. I think it's a welcome back. I, I again, I really enjoy uh, pepper with my cigar, and it's just a, it, and it's kind of like a nice recap. It's like, hey, remember me? You started with me. You end with me. And I I like that with a cigar. And it, and it's not overpowering. It's it's just there again. You're right, and it, it's not bad. As little bit of pepper as is in this cigar, 
it's not overpowering. I have smoked a couple of cigars in the past where the pepper for me just gets way overpowering. This one, it's there. Kind of just gives you a little tap on the rear end like, hey, buddy, I'm still here. Don't forget about me. What's interesting with this is the when we first started with these cigars, I think we can all agree that the pepper was on the front end. Now the pepper is coming back on the back end. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I will agree with that. It's, Unique and interesting. It's weird, yes, but I, it's, I, I, it's I really good. enjoy it, yes. Yeah. And the nuttiness has, has come back a little bit as well, because that kind of died out a little in the middle there. A lot of the flavors in the middle kind of just, they mellowed out a lot. And now that we're getting towards the end of it, mm-hmm. they're coming back. And not, like I said, not overpoweringly. They're just, they're coming back, just give you that little tap on the rear end. So, Tim, do you still have your uh, leather flavor that we were getting with our cigar in the middle section of the cigar? Yeah, actually. Especially, again, with the whiskey, like, I think it really draws it out. The Woodford did that with the last cigar, too. It helped draw out the uh, the leather profile pretty well. Yeah, which was really impressive, because that was a full, full-bodied cigar. Yeah, so I, I think it's a combination of the two. I do still get the leather. It's a little nutty. Uh, that seems to have generally kind of stayed the same, if not slid off a little. The pepper, like you said, coming back on the back end. Woodsy, nothing nuts, right? Like it. Yep. Yeah, I got a little bit of wood, a little bit of nut. It's yeah. it's that woodsy type flavor. Yeah, for me, the the two big ones are actually the leather and the uh, the pepper. Yep, and I would I would absolutely agree. So Scott, we're coming towards the end. So I think we'll let you give the rating since first of all. You are the cigar newbie of the group, and these are your cigars that you provided, which was a great choice, by the way. Thank you. Thank yes, you. You have not lost your ability to uh, bring a cigar for us to uh, try and smoke. <laughs> so, so Scott, overall, what do you think of the cigar, and why? For me, not liking a lot of pepper, this one was very nice. Uh, it was a mild pepper. It's a mild cigar. I thought it actually paired quite nicely with my, my Oktoberfest. Like, it didn't bring out any of the other flavors in each other, but uh, as far as the cigar goes, for my liking, I'd probably give it a solid 7. It's nothing fantastic, but it's just, it's a solid burn. Uh, it's pretty consistent when it comes to the flavors. Okay. And then how would you compare this with the uh, Romeo and Julieta that we had about two weeks ago, if you can remember that? Because that was also more of a uh, milder cigar as well, just to try and compare apples to apples here. I think I prefer this one a little more than the Romeo and Julieta. I'd agree with you. And that probably has to do, like I said, with the fact that the Romeos, they had a little more pepper. Yeah, I would agree overall. So I, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd stick with a solid seven for this cigar. Would you recommend this type of cigar for someone who's never smoked a cigar before? Absolutely. It's not overpowering. It's a solid cigar. You know, it's a solid burn. You know, besides my one little tunneling incident... It burned evenly, even with my lack of rotation. We said it before, Arturo Fuente is fucking phenomenal at their construction. Yep, and if you can get someone who's normally not used to smoking cigars saying that he had a nice, smooth, even burn, yep. they're doing something right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, with my lack no of offense. rotation, it it burned evenly. With the larger ring gauge, I like that because it's a little cooler of a burn, which, like the uh, the Romeo Julietas. That was a slightly smaller ring gauge. Yeah, those were, it was, it was actually, those were 40s? Yeah, it was much smaller. I would say this is more of an average ring gauge. Yeah, we, did something, we did something really mean to you before. We went from a 40 ring gauge cigar to a 60 ring gauge cigar. So you saw pretty much the two extremes. So right now we're, we're kind of sitting in the, the happy medium land where if you would tell someone like, 
describe the shape of a cigar for the width of the cigar is probably what most people would go with. So I would say that yeah. it's not necessarily larger, but I would say it would be an average size cigar. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's in that range. Yeah, I want to say somewhere like anywhere like 48 to like 54. Oh, absolutely. Somewhere yeah. in that range is a very standard cigar size. Yep. So, Tim, what would you rate the cigar? I mean, you didn't rate it. I gave it a 7. You gave oh, it a 7. See, Tim, and here yep. I am. Tim, you have to realize that when people talk, you actually listen. You don't tune out. <laughs> Just because you're not talking, that doesn't mean people aren't saying stuff. Yeah. Mm. Things happen. Life lessons, I guess. I, we've oh. been trying to teach you this for a long time. Shit. Problem number two that we're going to work off for next week. How can we make Tim listen to people? That's not never going to happen. I've known him for t- 15 years. I have a solution. Make them sound like me. Because I fucking love my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would probably actually just give it the same number. Uh, this is a good seven. It's above average. It's, w- it's really well constructed. I'm having a bit of a wrapper problem, but that can happen. You know, these are all hand rolled. Sometimes mistakes occur, but even with that, it's not progressed anywhere. Even coming up to the very tail end of the cigar, the smoke consistency is fantastic. I love the leather on this. The nut is really subtle and very appreciated because it kind of helps round out the profile a bit. The pepper evolving uh, during the smoke was really interesting to experience. Yes, from the starting off gone to uh, aftertaste. Yeah. Yes, yep. that was it. Was interesting. It was an interesting uh, journey. Yeah. So, like, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I think this is a good seven. That's about where I'd, uh, I'd put this bad boy. John, how about you? Yeah, you you gotten kind. You're pretty of, close. There's to not not a ton left on that bad boy. <laughs> so I I would also rate rate this as a seven. No one can really who's listening can really see the, what's left of my cigar. But including it's, including ash, I have he, about an uh, inch. Uh, without ash, I have about half an inch left. There's barely anything for him to get his fingers on. Nevertheless, get his lips by. Yeah, this. So I would definitely classify this as a lip burner. So for our audience, I, I smoke cigars. I, I usually have one. A night, depending on the weather and what's going on with my day. And I've been hanging out with a lot of full-bodied cigars, so it's always nice to go back to a um, milder cigar just to remind myself what's out there on the other end of the spectrum and yep. not to forget about those cigars. So I was definitely smoking this a lot faster than everyone else in the group because I was it's like, oh, it's not just punching me in the gut like I'm, I'm used to with a full-bodied cigar. Great cigar, seven all around. Uh, the biggest reason for that seven would be the pepper. If I had a complaint... About the cigar, it would just be the length of the cigar. And I know for a fact you can actually buy these so that they are longer. It uh, is a short cigar. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I mean, if if your only complaint is that the cigar went too quickly. <laughs> that there a, wasn't <laughs> enough of it. Yeah. That's <laughs> that a, seems like a pretty decent problem to have. Yeah, that's, that's a really good cigar. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, solid seven for all of the same reasons that both Scott and Tim gave. I mean, yeah, we've been on this one for about an hour and a half. About an hour, yeah. Compared to the three hours the three on the hour last journey episode, the double Ligero. <laughs> the double Ligeros were a very long journey. <laughs> For their digger size, absolutely. Again, they do make a size of the chisel, which would be a more typical average cigar size. And John, about? since since you finished yours up, how would you rate your pairing with the whiskey? Oh, uh, the pairing I would say would be another solid seven. I really enjoyed the fact that I was able to pull out the leather flavoring a lot sooner than I think I would have been able to without the whiskey. And as much as I enjoy the pepper in the cigar, the fact that it brought out other flavors in the cigar 
would be why I gave it such a high rating because I, I also really enjoy that leathery taste. Now, if it brought out a taste that I, I didn't really enjoy, it could still be a really good pairing. So, you know, that, that's what's preventing me from putting it to that eight or nine ranking because it, it, it kind of, it took away a flavor that I enjoyed, but it also brought out a flavor that I liked. Uh, but there is something to this pairing, so it is definitely above average, but more so than I would say a six. So I think I would be very comfortable with giving this rating a seven. All right, all right. Uh, and personally, for the pairing, like, for me, it's actually just an eight. I really love what Woodford has, do- like, what Woodford does to both of the cigars that we've had it with. Uh, the way that it brings out that leather, hides the pepper, because, like, I, I don't mind pepper, but I'm not as big of a fan of it. Um, as John is, so the fact that the Woodford kind of uh, hid that flavor and brought out the flavors that I really like, like the leather, and helped bring the nut out quite a bit, I think that these two went together extremely well, and I would definitely put this at a good, this is a solid eight uh, for the two. So if you want to experience them together, uh, this is this is a good good combo to have. So basically, from what I've heard these last few episodes or times that we've gotten together, because I believe one of the times didn't get recorded, yeah. it seems like this Woodford has been a really good combination with pretty much any cigar that we've smoked on it, or with it, I should say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What's unique about this particular whiskey is it, it tends to be a little bit lighter, Okay, and I think that helps. Yeah, with its because it's not such a dark whiskey, it it does... Something that, to this point, whiskeys that we've had do not do to cigars. And that's been really enjoyable to experience. Yeah, it sounds how, that way. How much of a change the whiskey can draw in a cigar. So, Scott, what uh, what would you give that Oktoberfest? Yeah, I see you've cracked open the second one. I don't uh, know the second one is gone now. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> that's never a bad sign. Yes, last night was actually the first time I had the, the Hocker Shore Oktoberfest. Wow. Yep. I'm I'm really sad now because the Hawker Shore Oktoberfest. Okay. Cuz right now I work at a bar. Of course, being Oktoberfest season. Should, yeah, you should get all the Oktoberfests. I decided to give it a shot last night and I really enjoy uh Hawker Shore's Weiss. And so since we had it on tap, I was like, "You know what? I'll give the Oktoberfest a shot." And at first I was kind of up in the air about it, but after I got through the first pint it started to grow on me quite a bit, and so that's why I decided to drink it for tonight. And I figured it would have a better pairing with a cigar than the Weiss would have. Yeah, anytime that you can get more of a caramely flavor, I think will tend to pair better with a cigar than, say, a sour beer would. Just oh, yeah, I wasn't going to go sour beer. There are cigars that you can pull caramel flavors out of. Yeah, I wanted something that I that I figured would pair better with a cigar. Because we pretty much knew that we were going to smoke these cigars here tonight. And so I wanted a beer that was going to pair better than a, a sour beer was going to. With a sour beer, two different flavor profiles. They're just not going to mix well. Yeah, they're, they're, they're too extreme of a yep. difference. What would you give it? Probably a seven and a half. Yeah, okay. It, it was a, a really nice beer. Yep. It's not overpowering. It does have those caramely flavors in it. It doesn't hit you in the gut. It's not filling. Okay. Like I kind of expected it to be, because with their Weiss, their Weiss, it just feels thick, and it fills me up really quick. Yeah. This Oktoberfest did not. Okay. So I, I would give it a seven and a half. Okay, cool. And as far as the overall pairing goes, I'd probably rate it about that seven, seven and a half, somewhere in there. They paired well together. They 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 actually helped one another. They 
they interacted. Uh, like, cause I, you know, we, we've kind of talked about this before, but like for us, like a five is average. A five means that like they didn't detract from one another. They didn't add to one another. You know, I like, mean, if, if that's where you're going to go, then I'd have to give the pairing a five then. Cause they didn't really bring anything out in each other, okay. but they didn't take anything away either. And that like on our, on our thing here, fives are not bad. A five means it is a perfectly average thing. Like in the pairings and the cigars and the beers and the whiskeys, a five means this wasn't good. It wasn't bad. This was a average thing. This is not a terrible score to give anything. Another way of looking at it is a five is if you have a good cigar and you have a good liquor, you're going to have a good time, but you're not going to get anything special out of it, having the cigar and your liquor at the same time. So yeah, then I'd, I'd have to save a five because they didn't take anything away. They didn't add anything, but I thought they still just, they paired well because yeah. they have slightly similar flavor palettes. Yep. One's good. The other's good. They're good. Yeah. Yep. Both kind of earthy. You get more of that earthiness with the Oktoberfest beers. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, something that I want to be careful of, I think we all want to be careful of as a, as a group, is that anytime we're giving a rating, we don't want to go through uh, the IGN rating creep where everything's a 9 and a 10 because right. it's IGN. Because not everything is that good. And it is okay to have a 5. A 5 means you're doing your thing. You're not fucking anything up. But you're not amazing. And you don't have to be. Things can still be completely enjoyable at a five. If everything was amazing, everything yeah. would be a five. Yeah, there's like there's no reason for anything to be a ten. Like, <laughs> and the other thing that you have to realize too is it's based off of a flavor profile. If I gave Tim mm -hmm. a peppery cigar, which I have done in the past, he's he just come right out and said I did not enjoy the cigar as much as I've enjoyed other ones, and I was like, yep. wow, this is one of my favorite ones. Yeah, everybody so, has different flavors. Absolutely. So yeah. that's why we that's why we want to try and describe the flavors that we're getting and what we're pulling from it. So if if that sounds like yeah, I really like that or wow, why don't you guys like that, you can go out and try it. And that's actually kind of nice. You like the peppers. Yes. Tim's kind of up in the air on the peppers. He likes some. I don't I don't mind it. I just I don't want it to be the, the primary feature, right? And I'm on that complete other end where I don't like the pepper at all. Yep. Like John said, our numbers are personal. You know, we're going to give you our numbers on the thing because that's how we feel about them. But we do want to take the time to give you the flavors because you might actually find that those flavors fit what you want, those could be a much higher score for you. And that's that's perfectly fine. Our numbers are not the end-all, be-all. You know, this is how we feel about these things. Uh, but, John, uh, how would you rate the whiskey by itself? Oh, the whiskey by itself? Uh, I'm going to have to be pretty consistent. I think I've been giving it a 7 all along, yep. and I'm going to stay with that 7 for pretty much the reasons that we've been giving it before. It doesn't have that traditional whiskey burn after yep. you, you sip it or you... You drink it or shoot it, however you want to choose to uh, consume your whiskey. Uh, but it has... Snort it. <laughs> Tim, going to do the one up, one down? Uh, we could. <laughs> um, but no, it is, it's very pleasant. And it's, it's got that nice floral aroma to it. Uh, and it's very pleasant and very enjoyable. I absolutely agree with you there. I personally prefer darker, richer whiskeys, but... The Woodford is a phenomenal representative of its style, that lighter, more delicate kind of uh, flavor profile in a whiskey. So, like, I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there. I believe that I've been right there with you. I might have given it an 8 previously, but, yep. like, 8, 7, like, that's those numbers are dead on. That's, so, so it's more of, like, a sipping whiskey, whereas 
you have other whiskeys out there that might be better off being mixed. I mean, I would argue every whiskey's a sipping whiskey. Uh, but go ahead and sip on that Kessler's there, big guy. Uh, that's not whiskey. That's gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's about where I sit with that. I I totally agree with you on there. Like that's it's a it's a fantastic representative of what it is. Uh, but it is definitely not one of my favorite whiskeys. All right. So what would you give the overall pairing? Didn't I do that? I don't think you did. I believe we did. You did. Yeah, because I we? gave it a seven. Yes. I was the first one to You pair. don't listen either. I was the first one to you, do the pairing. You piece of shit. No one listens. Well, to be fair, Tim says a lot of shit. <sighs> he and says so much, it's hard to remember hard what to, he says sometimes. It's hard to weed out what's important and which I pay attention <laughs> to or not. Because if I just nod my head, Tim thinks I'm listening to him. And it, it's a work for that's what, five he, years. That's good enough for And me. in our defense, he does that shit to us, too, though. <laughs> we'll be talking, he'll be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tim. <laughs> What did I just say? I don't know. Uh, something about your uh, sister. I, I, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> Tim, do you want to give a shout out to our our music that we've now introduced Ooh. to the podcast? Yeah, let me go ahead and do that uh, because we do have uh, some music added to here. Uh, that is the Warm Duck Shuffle by Arn Husby. Do check him out. If people want to yell at Scott, you could absolutely just scream into the void. That will always work. We hear all of that. Um, but if you want to get us directly, you can reach us at, uh, uh, Leaf Barrel Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can reach us at Leaf and Barrel Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Patreon if you want to, uh, help support the, uh, podcast at all. You can also reach us by email at Leaf and Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. I can promise that we will always get to everything. We will read everything that you give us, but I can't promise that we will respond to everything. We're always looking for suggestions, concerns, comments. Uh, requests for pairings or whiskeys or cigars or beers or anything like that. We want to make this the best community we can. Also, remember, if you're on iTunes, to give us a rate and a review. That always helps us out. Uh, but other than that, uh, I think that's about the end of this bad boy. Uh, this has been Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name's Tim. My name is John. And my name is Scott. And thanks for joining us this week. Yeah.